Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 yo, what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the boards, engineering, producing the show. What up, Kevin? How you doing, brother? Hey, Reg. Man, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. It's been a uh, roller coaster of emotions this week for me from uh, a few topics that we might touch base on. Yes, yes. Um, Dodger great announcer Vin Scully passed. We're going to touch on that because I know Kevin has, has, uh, has, has a feeling about that and a story about that. Uh, also, Dick Vermeil, Hall of Fame inductee Dick Vermeil. The, there's some uh, the, uh, NFL Hall of Fame games going on today. And so we're going to touch on a little bit of that. But first up, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and then get into a little bit of Brittany Griner. Let's go. So, Deshaun Watson, still in the news, making more news. Uh, last week, the suspension uh, recommendation came down from Judge Sue L. Robinson, who was appointed by the NFL to be the uh, intermediary in this uh, instance here. Uh, gave out a suspension of six games, recommended six games, and she actually put out the report. Her findings were put out. You can read it on New York Times. Um, she tells you why she decided to give him six games and overall it just came down to basically she tells you you know how she came to be in this position why she came to be in this position and the reason she came to be uh the the judge in this you know this this uh what would you call this um argument or hearing right was because before her it used to just be roger goodell being judge jury and executioner um and roger goodell didn't have a great track record at doing that if you go back and look at some of the things that happened under his watch, uh, the most notable being Ray Rice. Ray Rice, domestic violence, got two, suspended for two games. Then we all saw the video, and you know, most people always need to see a video of a wrongdoing before they actually believe that something really bad happened. I don't know why we do that, but for some reason we have to see it. Saw the video, and the public outcry was enormous and then they had to uh you know the nfl looked terrible <laughs> they looked absolutely terrible for giving this man two games for what he did and then subsequently the games and people have been suspended for more games for domestic violence they set they set the the precedent at six games for any kind of domestic violence uh assault or or anything of, of that nature right um and the nfl has had tons of of suspensions that they've doled out based on anything that impedes or impugns the uh, integrity of the NFL and the Shield. And Roger Goodell, they've been up and down on these things. Some people get two games for one thing. And then somebody else, I mean, hell, Calvin Ridley just lost a whole year for gambling. I think, what was it, like $16,000 or something like that on some fantasy football or some or some 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 games, you know, nothing, games that he didn't even play in, right? Because that is the integrity of the game that's making people think that things aren't on the up and up. Suspended that dude for an entire year. Yet you've got people who have committed domestic assault and they get six games. Right. You, you, you get um, she also put in her report that there was somebody who was a repeat offender and he got eight games. And then there was somebody who got who was a third time offender and he got 10 games. Right. Yet Calvin Ridley gambles on some games and loses an entire season. 
So Sue L. Robinson decided, and 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 you could go through it. When I'm reading this thing, it's kind of taking me aback a bit because. Again, I don't know exactly what is happening in the situation with Deshaun Watson. All I know is, okay, I hear 24. I know something ridiculous is going on, okay? And all I know is that Deshaun Watson seems like he has a perverted little problem of trying to get with Instagram masseuses. That's his thing, right? Trying to get with Instagram masseuses. I don't know if he's just going and really trying to get the masseuse, but I know that when you do it at 24, you got people, 24 people saying that you did something to them, you assaulted them, and there's nothing. none of the 24 ever said he forcefully did anything. Um, none of the 24 have alleged like like physical violence or or coercion, right? But they say that he did things that were like, you know, he would put put his erect penis on their arm or touch him. One lady said that he he ejaculated, you know what I'm saying? Like when she was doing the massage. Like and he was using little baby towels to cover himself up and would not use the standard sheet that everybody gets. Cause I don't know about you. When I go to get a massage, my masseuse has a sheet all up over me, right? And when you turn over, you got the sheet. They 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 pull the sheet up so they can cover you. And Deshaun Watson was rolling up in there with the little baby Gatorade towels. Talk about let me turn over real quick. Huh? I, did, I had no idea that that was the extent of what he was doing, right? And he's touching the ladies on the arm, making sure that he's he's rolling over. And, you know, when I when I roll over to the masseuse, I roll over gingerly to make sure that, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm good. I'm not trying to be expose myself to all that. Deshaun Watson had none of the ginger in him. Deshaun Watson, from the report from Sue L. Robinson, Deshaun Watson was turning over willy-nilly, just all quick and in a hurry and trying to make sure that he was touching some part of these women's bodies. Did not know that. Read that, made me think a little bit, uh, right? Not good, not cool. But also he was never convicted of anything criminally. No criminal crime, right? And we have to step back from the situation and, and step back from the emotion of the thing, just the way this judge did, because that was her job. This is a female judge who's done this, been a federal judge for years, and now she's um, holding, holding court in the NFL. And she just went off of the facts and the previous circumstances that the NFL had had put out. And six games sounded appropriate for a dude who was never convicted of anything criminally. In the report, she does say, it sounds like this dude is doing this stuff on purpose, touching these women, doing this and that. But he has not been convicted of anything. Um, He has never forcefully been violent with any of these women. And they only took four women's claims and actually only three of them because one of the women was uh cases were thrown out so i don't know i don't know what anybody was really expecting more than what she gave six games and then as i said last week i knew that the nfl was going to come behind this i was hoping that they wouldn't but they had a couple of days to appeal this and of course they were going to appeal because they need to look like they are tougher on crime than what they are. And no, and I've said this for the entirety of the time we've been doing the show. I don't look for corporations, definitely not the NFL, to be my moral compass. I'm not having a corporation where they make money off of dudes getting into train wrecks and car crashes every Sunday for two hours, three hours at a time to be my moral compass. They are low on the moral standard. And for people to be willing to do that job, you're going to find a lot of people who usually aren't the most morally inclined. I mean, it just comes with the business, comes with the territory of what you're doing. 
So the NFL has to look like they're 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 taking care of the shield and they care about about women and women's rights when really all they care about is their money. They care about their bottom line. And what they care about is sponsors not wanting to mess with the NFL or or get involved with the NFL or leave the NFL because the NFL's got a dude who's running around doing these sexual, you know, being a sexual deviant. Again, we have to step away from the from from step away from it and say he still wasn't convicted of any crime. None of these are criminal assaults. Now, yes, civil suits. He settled all of them. And when somebody settles a civil suit or settles any kind of suit, you know, obviously there's something there that they didn't want you to see or want you to hear about. So they're paying to make it go away, which is what he did. Paid out his money, six-game suspension, and now the NFL has appealed it and said that they want it to be a year. And now the NFL PA and Deshaun Watson are going to have to fight this thing. And we're going to have, I mean, just like when you saw with Tom Brady, Tom Brady years ago, I think the NFL suspended him for six games for the deflate gate stuff, right? I think it might've been six games. He appealed and got it down to four. No, yeah. I think he appealed and got it down to four. And then he just, and he was, he could have taken it to the Supreme court, but he's like, no, 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 no. I'll take the four. It's cool. Boom, boom, boom. Do it. Right. Because obviously he knew that he did something wrong. Something had gone wrong there. Right. Deshaun Watson, this entire time, has said that he's done nothing wrong. He's unequivocally denied all these allegations. So I had friends talking about, man, he better take this six games and just sit down. And, of course, that's what he said he was going to do. I'll take the six games. But now that the NFL is coming back and saying, give me a year, they're going to have to fight this thing. They're going to fight, and, and it'll probably end up being half of that. It'll be, they'll probably, the NFL will probably get it up to eight games. It'll be six to eight games. It might come back to the regular six because what the NFL did now is they've hired another lawyer, not another lawyer, they've hired another judge to handle the appeal. So the NFL hires a judge to hear the NFL's appeal. Not Deshaun Watson, not NFLPA. They don't, get, they don't pick the judge. The NFL picks the judge to hear their appeal of another judge that they hired. That, that's that, is that me or does it, just sound, does it just sound crazy? Like, it just sounds like there's no way anybody can win. Nobody can win, I mean, especially if you're going up against it. And all it is, is Roger Goodell pushing the blame on somebody else, right? Because it used to be Roger would make these calls. Roger would say, oh, you got two games, you got four games, you got six games or whatever. And then the public backlash would come at him. And then all of a sudden they'd have to figure out, okay, maybe we went too far. Maybe we went too light. We got to do this. We got to listen to where the winds are blowing, right? But now you give it to this judge and you let her be the whipping person, right? Because she gave this six games and everybody's like, six games, that's insane. He should be suspended for a year. But why? Why should he be suspended for a year? He has not been criminally convicted of anything. He's not on trial for anything criminal. And I know you can say he did this and he did that. Everybody has settled. Nobody is going to court. He's not going to jail why does he have to be in NFL jail after he's already done a year last year of not being able to play because this was hanging over his head? And now he's got these six games that they were trying to give him. And now the NFL is trying to go for a full year. It's just, I, I, I'm just, I, I can't. I have to be fair in this situation. Now, I understand there's going to be some people out there who are like, well, you're not being fair to the women. I, I can only be as fair as they're allowing us to be. They settled these cases. They, they settled the suits. 
Like, there is no criminal charge. What are you supposed to do other than take it at what the face value is? And for all you people out there who continuously want to say, oh, the just, hey, the justice system gets it right, the just, then, then why are we fighting this? Why are we arguing or even having any further discussion? If the justice system gets it right, then they got it right with Deshaun Watson, right? But no, that's not how we take things. We want to have it the way that we want it anytime we disagree. So the justice system is good when it does what we think it should do. When we think it did it wrong, justice system, man, they messed it up. Can't have it both ways. We got to keep it straight and fair down the line. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen here because I know the NFLPA is going to fight it because they have to. NFLPA cannot sit by and let Deshaun Watson, after already serving one year, basically, he got paid the whole year. And a big part of this thing is money. People want to tithe his money to everything, right? It's eight. It, the NFL, they offered, just reading the story right now from, on CBS, the NFL offered a 12-game suspension before Sue L. Robinson's uh, 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 recommendation came down. They offered a 12-game suspension and they wanted to take 8 to $10 million in a fine from him, which is unbelievable, right? That's a lot of money, even though he just signed a mega, mega deal. But that's a lot of money. And 12 games, when you sit, when you are swearing up and down that you did not do this. So, of course, he couldn't take that. Of course, he could not take that deal. Because then if he takes that deal, he's admitting, okay, I did some wrong shit here. He, he has to stand up. He has to fall on. He has to die on this heel. That's what he's going to do. But the NFLPA has to fight this because it's not just for Deshaun Watson. It's for everybody that comes behind him and anybody that will ever come behind him, right? Because if they'll do this to Deshaun Watson, the NFL is like, oh, we're just going to run over this dude. No, no, we're not going to take this decision. We're going to go over here. No, no, then they'll do it to anybody and everybody. And it's not like the NFL needs Deshaun Watson. The NFL is, is going to be fine without Deshaun Watson. If he didn't play another game, the NFL would be totally fine. They keep on making their billions of dollars. But the NFLPA has to stand up and fight for these players, not just for Deshaun Watson, but for anybody that ever gets in a circumstance where, especially if they're in a circumstance where they have more, uh, they have more innocence about them, right? The NFL can't just run over these players. The NFLPA is there to stand up for them. So it's going to get interesting. I think the six games was, was enough. I could see it going to eight. I mean, that's almost half the season. Two more games. Would the Browns be okay with that? Would Deshaun Watson be okay with that? They're going to have to go to this appeal and have these findings found out. But this new judge they hired, we're going to see. Is he a is he a paper paper judge? I mean, is, is this a kangaroo court, basically, where, where the NFL is just running the whole deal? Or is this dude going to stand up and say, yo, you hired this lady already to give you a recommendation. Now you're appealing. I don't agree. I, I agree with what she said because her findings were based on facts. None of her findings were based on emotion. She took all the emotion out of it and all she did was dealt with facts. And when you deal with the facts, all you come down with is this dude was a perv and you don't know if you can prove if he did anything or he didn't do anything maliciously on purpose. You just don't really, there's so much gray there. All you do know is he was never convicted of anything criminally. And that's why he's got six games. But we'll see what happens. It's going to get real interesting. We'll be back after the break. So, uh, Brittany Griner. Um, today they sentenced her to nine years in prison. 
And if we rehash the story real quick, uh, Brittany Griner, uh, WNBA star and overseas star, actually played, you know, for seasons in Russia. Uh, about six months ago, was stopped at a Russian airport. They found her to have less than one gram of cannabis oil, right, that she has a prescription for in the United States. Um, and she was detained and has been in jail for six months awaiting trial. And finally, today was her trial, and the judge slapped her with nine years. Her lawyer said that the average amount of time for a crime like this is five and that the people convicted usually get paroled. But Brittany Griner got nine years. And why did she get nine years? Because this happened during the heat of Russia invading Ukraine and the United States saying, yo, we ain't cool with that. And the rest of the world saying we ain't cool with that. And the United States uh, hanging sanctions on Russia. And so they had one of our people over there, which happens a lot, right? A lot of times you get caught in foreign affairs. Somebody gets caught in another country. An American gets caught in another country and they're subject to the laws of that country. And some of them are harsher than others. And it depends on what's going on, but we, we negotiate that stuff, right? It's just something that happens. We negotiate with other countries to get our people back when they've done something that normally wouldn't rise to the level of fence over here in America. And especially when you have, uh, you know, a, a higher profile person. Uh, the, the Biden administration was speaking, I believe, about a couple of weeks ago about trying to set a deal, working a deal with Russia to get the exchange to happen. This was before they brought down the sentence. Right. And they were saying they were trying to get an ex exchange. Uh, we were going to send over some Russian uh, prisoners and Russia would give us Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. Um, I believe Paul Whelan. I'm forgetting what he got. I, I, I know that he was he was convicted of espionage. Yeah, he's convicted of being a spy. Um, and he's been there for years and they're trying to work a deal to get both of them back. But then the nine years came down and now it can only look like Russia is trying to bargain. They're trying to get more out of the deal, right? They're going to say, oh, well, you know, now we're, she has nine years here. So if it's nine years, you want to get her back, you got to give us a little more. And the U.S. got to do it. I mean, there is no way around it. The U.S. has to do what we have to do to get this woman home. One gram, less than one gram of hash oil is what she's being held over. This is bullshit. They know it's bullshit. And it was she is being used as a pawn in the middle of Russia. I mean, Russia and the United States. There is no other way around it. I don't even know how, like, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be Brittany Griner stuck over there and then hearing that nine years, you're going to have to sit in a Russian jail for nine years unless your country does a deal to exchange some prisoners from where over here. And who knows what Russia is trying to get from us? We're trying to get, if they're trying to get people who did some, some terrible shit over here. They, they, Russia ain't trying to get nobody who had a gram of hash oil. That, that's not what they're asking for. They're asking for people who, who done some shit. OK, they're asking for people that, that, that we, we might just keep uh, held up for a minute over here for forever over here. Maybe they want they want to look like they've beaten the United States in something. Right. And hell, I wouldn't put it past them to, to be trying to get some of the sanctions pulled off. 
And the United States has to do it. Biden has to do it. He, he made a statement today saying this was unacceptable. Nine years is unacceptable. And, and we're going to do everything we can to get her back here. And we have to. And it sucks that, that it, she was put in this position. It sucks that she put herself in this position. Right? Um, but she's human. She's been a less than a gram of hash oil. She was living in Russia for some years playing basketball over there. You don't think she's done this before? Like, of course she's done this. Of course these things have happened. But they decided to single this woman out and use her as a political pawn. There, there is no other way to talk about it. She is a political pawn in this thing right now. And we need to get our pawn. We need to get it back. And I feel bad for her because when she comes back, she is going there. It's going to happen. I'm not I don't I'm not even worried about it. I'm pretty sure within like a week or two, they will get this worked out and she'll be back. Hell, I mean, I'm saying a week or two like is nothing because she's already been there six months. And I don't even think I could do an hour or two in prison. You know what I'm saying? But they're going to get her back. But she's going to come back here. And oh, Lord, the. The, she ain't gonna be able to. She ain't gonna be able to protest. She ain't gonna be able to do nothing against America. Say anything bad about America, which is what makes America great. It's supposed to make America great. We're supposed to be able to air our grievances about the country because we hope to make it better. We're supposed to have free speech, the land of the free, land, the home of the brave, all that stuff. But she's gonna come back here, and there's gonna be an onslaught of people in this country who will never want to hear anything from her but her singing the praises and un nothing but the sweetest about America. And I want her to get out of prison. I really do. But that's the part of it that I really hate. That because she had to go through this, she's going to come back and basically, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen that way for her. But this is America. I know there are two sides to this thing. There will be people who are going to hate the hell out of her for us having to expend some political capital to get this lesbian basketball player black from russia because of some hash oil but the game is the game and we have to protect ours and we have to get her back nine years is ridiculous anybody facing that kind of time if it was your brother your sister anybody if it was any of your friends this is outrage this is ridiculous that they're actually putting her through this I hope she's staying strong over there, and I hope her family is staying strong. And I just hope that the Biden administration does something to get that woman home, because this is ridiculous. Free Britney. Be back after the break. So we are here in Southern California, Los Angeles. Um, and... We just had a Southern California legend pass away um, this past Wednesday. Vin Scully, broadcaster, most notably the Dodgers broadcaster for, hell, was it 64 years, passed away at the age of 94. Did he, 64 years or 67 years? Uh, 67 Kevin, years. It was, it was 67 years. 67 yeah. years, right? He retired in 2016. Um and he leaves a legacy of <laughs> that can't be touched. Like I literally think I don't think anybody can ever say that there's a better baseball broadcaster in the world who's ever done it than Vin Scully. And crazy is I mean I'm a Dodgers fan, so I remember getting here and listening to and watching these Dodgers, uh, Dodger 
Giants games and I hear Vin Scully and you couldn't help but but love the guy. Right? You just couldn't help but love him and hear him. Um and 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 funny as you know, funny as that is, he called maybe the greatest game in the 49ers history, <laughs> the 1981. Catch. The catch. The catch. Yes. He called that game. That was crazy to, to know that. I, I was I, I found that on the internet the other day. And like he did the catch with Montana to Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone against the Cowboys. Just Vince Scully was everywhere, man. And you know, great, great broadcaster. I know that LA is, you know, feeling, you know, feeling it now that he's gone. I mean, LA has had some amazing broadcasters. I mean, Vince Scully, Chick Hearn, oh, they've just got everything. Yeah. Um, you know, basketball, baseball, but Vin is definitely going to be missed. And uh, I know Kevin, you've got you've got some some thoughts about it. I'd love to hear what you got to say about Vince Scully. I do, and um, I know you and I we've talked about this before. We're not huge baseball fans, uh, especially in my adult life. But man, as a kid. I listened to Vin Scully. I grew up in the 80s as a Dodger fan. My dad uh, owned his own uh, company and had season tickets. So in the 80s, I would go to a a ton of Dodger games as a kid from like 10 to 14 years old. And my dad would take me to the stadium and he'd bring in a transistor radio just so he could listen to (laughs) Vin Scully on the radio in the park while we're watching the game, eating Dodger dogs. And um, those were the greatest years, though. I, I really associated the the summer with the the boys of summer and uh back then you know school was getting out and then it was baseball and it was back then it was garvey lopes russell say um later in the steve Sachs era and uh, fernando valenzuela i mean just the 80s was just so amazing for the dodgers and growing up during that time and listening to vin scully call it all was amazing now for my father it goes even farther back because he was listening to him since the 50s since they were in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Brooklyn, and, wow. Yeah, before Vin moved. Uh, and, you know, you'll probably love this, Reggie. I think if you look it up, uh, Vin was actually a, a Giants fan to begin with and then um, signed on uh, to call Brooklyn Dodger games and then moved to Los Angeles and uh, eventually got swayed over. But uh, what an amazing broadcasting career. I don't think it will ever be replicated, duplicated. Uh, he was great to everyone. Well said, well said, and uh, you know, rest in peace, Vince Scully. Um, we also got some some other stuff going on in, in the news today. We got the Hall of Fame game going on, right? And uh, yeah, a little uh, bit we, of we rain delay. Watching a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, rain delay, and then no quarterback delay. We had no quarterbacks in there, so I turned it off because I'm not watching. But we do have the, uh, the 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 inductees. Yeah, the inductees, and Dick Vermeil is uh, is going to the Hall of Fame, correct? Yes, and as you know, being a lifelong Rams fan, uh, that is a huge thing for me. <laughs> Dick Vermeil was a great, he coached the Eagles and led the Rams to their first Super Bowl in the 99-2000 season with uh, the great ability of Kurt Warner, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just uh, I love him greatest as a coach. Greatest show on turf. Yep, greatest show on turf. He ran such a squad. That was really an exciting, even if you weren't a fan uh, of of the Rams, you appreciated everything they had with Kurt Warner and Ricky Prohl and Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. I mean, they were Man. just an amazing show to watch. And Dick Vermeil led it on, and he was an amazing coach. He was a great players coach. He loved them. He cried with them. He lifted them up. Uh, just an amazing man. And I have one quick story that that's uh, kind of a funny story. Uh, a few years ago, my wife and I took a. Uh, one of those all-inclusive trips down to Mexico. You did oh. one of those recently, I think, Reggie. <laughs> Just did, yeah. yes. <laughs> Not as good as my experience, maybe, but... Uh, so there I am in Mexico, all-inclusive, uh, 
stay and I'm sitting by the pool in the morning and across the pool I see this older gentleman with white hair walk over, sit down a la uh, lounge chair to soak in the sun and I'm looking at my wife and I go, oh my God, that is Coach Dick Vermeil, Melissa, right across the pool from us. She goes, oh my God, it does look like him. A couple other young younger people come, sit up there chairs next to him and then my wife gets up and walks over across the pool and starts having a little conversation with them they're smiling they're laughing i'm sitting back in my chair across the pool and i'm like what the hell are they talking about she comes over and says they want to meet you i walk over across the pool my i was in tears and i hugged the man <laughs> and i said coach Ramil, thank you for our first super bowl ever i love you so much and the daughter or the younger woman comes over and goes, I can't do this anymore. And she looks at me, she says, he's not Coach Vermeil. Your wife came over and told us to play along. We don't even know who Coach Dick Vermeil is. I had to laugh it off and walk away. But boy, do I hold oh, that one over my it. wife. <laughs> you just hugging random strangers in Mexico. Man, that's fantastic. <laughs> Good thing there was no COVID back then. No COVID back then, right? So you were just, you were, just, you were good. You just were, you were bad good. tequila. Just a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, that is Kevin Cleland. And this has been I'm Probably Right. Thank you for listening. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. But please don't be hating. Kevin, thank you so much for running the show, engineering, producing. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.